Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I am a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So today I'm with Catherine Charlesworth and Catherine is is a friend of mine. We've known each other for quite a few years and I do know that she was living in London and then moved back to her hometown in Cornwall to look after her mum. So Catherine, tell us a bit more about your story. Oh, thank you, Ruth, for asking me to share my story. It's something that I like to do because we all have a different experience with caring and and going through the challenge that we have. So, yeah, I was living in London, enjoying my life. I was, you know, I had an online business. I was working events, you know, built up friends in London. I was an ex-dancer, so I was still doing dance classes in London, you know, living my life. And my mum had been poorly probably for about four years prior to that and we're going through all different tests and and things and basically she got a cough and she'd been away on the cruise ship on a holiday and thought you know it's a cold picked it up off off the air con or you know off the ship or off the plane and it just carried on so she went for all these tests and luckily fortunately for my mum it wasn't lung cancer but then it just kept going down all these different tests nothing was really coming back and this went on for like three four years and it just started to affect her energy just literally having this constant cough anyway fast forward the four years she had a bit more intense testing and it sort of finally came back that she had fibrosis of the lungs. Um, so it was affecting her breathing. And I'd gone home that Christmas and my mum and dad own a news agent in Cornwall. And my mum, you know, getting up every morning to do the newspapers. And it got to a point where my mum couldn't do that. And my mum was like out of bed, you know, energised, but she just couldn't because of the breathing and how the illness was taking over her body, really. And I came home that Christmas and I could see my mum wasn't right. I knew my dad wouldn't be able to run the shop. So like I extended my stay at Christmas just for a couple of days because I knew something wasn't quite right. And at that point, she was traveling three hours to Bristol to go and speak to a lung specialist. And that's when we got the news that it was going to be terminal and that she had six to 12 months. So for me, that was my decision, right, I'm staying at home, I'm moving. I decided, I went back to London and within a week, I packed up my life, said bye to my friends and moved back down to Cornwall. Luckily, I wasn't in a relationship, you know, I was renting a room, you know, free and single. So it was an easier option for me to be able to do that just like that. So yeah, I moved back and it's funny because I feel like, I just got straight into it, you know, started to run the business. You know, my mum was still in in and out of the shop, but she was like preparing me 
to take over, not take over the business necessarily, because I didn't want to do that, but to do the day-to-day running of the accounts and things like that. So that was a sort of a bit of a brief overview, but I just knew I had to do it. Like I said, my dad was struggling and just my mum was, wasn't herself. And I just, I knew I just couldn't be in London and just them struggling. And it just felt, it just all felt right that I made that decision. And I'm, I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, absolutely. That was brilliant. Now, I want to also just add in here that obviously um, the thing about becoming a caregiver is something we know it can happen at any age for us. So I know that you were saying that, you know, your life was in London. So you you are in your 30s when this happened. And your mom actually was in her 60s. She was 60 in her yeah. 60s. So she was very young as well. So I'm wondering whether emotionally that was something that hit home perhaps harder than if you're perhaps dealing with somebody maybe in their late 80s, 90s. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, as as the year went on with looking after my mum, it was that thing, why me? Like that was what my mum just kept saying, why me? You know, she was a healthy woman, you know, wasn't smoking, just trying to find those answers. And we just a lot of personal development that I've done in my life, like the past couple of years, we just had to try and learn to accept it. And also I've got, you know, a sister, younger sister, and fortunately we I've got a nephew as well. So I just kept thinking, at least my mum's seen one of her daughters get married. She's got a grandchild. <laughs> and I think I just got on with the job. I just got on with the job that I had to look after my mum. And I just knew every day had to be a good day for my mum. And obviously everyone's situation is different with caring, but I just knew I had to make, you know, when it was special occasions like Mother's Day or my nephew's birthday, we made a good thing about it because I knew that could be the last one. Um, So I was really about being in the moment. So I don't know whether like I really thought necessarily about age. I think it was more just why me? I think that was it. That was one thing me and my mum had to talk about like why was it happening to us why was it happening to mum you know I think that was more that than the actual age to be honest and you you touched on the fact of you were aware that each kind of big moment like mother's day birthday they were the last ones you were going to have together so what did you do to make that fun and enjoyable and memorable well, we live in Cornwall, so we were very much like, you know, my mum loves going to the beach and to the, you know, being by the sea. So, you know, we'd have days where I remember a really lovely, I remember it was, it was yesterday, like, and I think it was a summer, it might have been just a few days before my birthday. And it was a beautiful day. And my mum at this point was on oxygen. So we always had to carry oxygen around with us. And we could manage to drive onto the beach at this car park. And my sister had, um, a camper van so they got there really early we managed to get a car park space and just setting up a chair for my mum on the beach so she could put her feet on that sand because that's what she loved to do and just seeing my nephew running around playing around having an ice cream and it you know just those little things that I knew what my mum loved doing we just did that you know having a family roast every Sunday like just appreciated our time together because I think that's sometimes we forget about isn't it about that quality time so I think it was just 
and Hanson it. And if we went to the beach, we just drove to the beach. It's like, oh, should we get a cake and a coffee? And we just sat in the car and, you know, do some selfies and make that fun. And yeah, I think just getting out and just going to my mum's favourite places in Cornwall as well. I love that story. And actually, as you were saying it, I was remembering a story because in, in, in my 20s, I was a travel companion to actually a cousin of mine, but a cousin of my mother's age. And she was 80% disabled from polio when she was in her 20s. Wow. And this time she was in her 60s, 70s even. I remember going to Israel with her and we were visiting some friends of hers. And one thing she had loved, because she was asked, what would you love to do? And we were by the beach. And she said, I would love to go into the sea. I haven't been in the sea for decades. And the son of these friends and me literally organized and took her to the beach. And she couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair. So we managed to get her onto the beach. And then we literally kind of the two of us supported her. She could move her legs but she couldn't stand by herself. So we supported her and got her into the sea so that her feet were in that water. And the joy, I cannot tell you the joy just of that, which to most of us is so simple, to her was just such a major, major, major event. It was a wonderful sight and a wonderful memory. And as you were talking about your mum, I was remembering my cousin. I think it, don't you agree that it is so important yeah. to create those moments because caregiving can be and feel sometimes doom and gloom yeah but I think yeah. we need to do what we can for the person we are looking after and find some joy yeah exactly and I think especially in my situation with my mum's business, our house and the shop was together. So it's not as if you could get away from it. So they were always very much, you know, at the weekend, let's get out of the house. So again, that was something that we still needed to do. And just because our living room was upstairs as well, just sort of a side note, I think when you're doing these lovely things, you you have to adapt for that person. So you know, we had um, a stair lift fitted as well. And that was a big thing because it took my mum like half an hour to walk up the stairs because of her breathing, the oxygen. And then, you know, we got a bigger car, which was a bit higher so she could get into. We got a wheelchair, you know, and I got a really nice like blankets, you know, to put on a leg so we could go out more. So I think, and then thinking about, because Cornwall's so cobbly as well, <laughs> like all the, like, places like St Ives and Truro which is where my mum loved to do it at that point we weren't able to go to that because in the wheelchair with the cobbles and it was a lungs it didn't help so we did have to adapt where we went to have you know there was always a lovely place down Penzance looking over St Michael's Mount a lovely restaurant we're talking about the UK here just for oh yeah sorry (laughs) we're talking about the very southwest tip of UK yes (laughs) yeah but go and look it up everybody because it's beautiful so yeah so it was just an amazing view, but we knew, like for my mum, we knew it had a little stair lift, like a wheelchair lift that went up to the main restaurant. The toilets were suitable. My mum felt comfortable there to go in with a wheelchair. So even to have these nice days, we had to really think about where we could go, which mum felt, because over time she started to get anxiety and panic attacks. So we had to then adapt to where we could go with, wheelchair and oxygen and and things like that so 
I think that's another part of the caring side. Like you do have to adapt as well. Yeah. Go off sort of my side note there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fabulous. And also, as you were talking again, what came to mind was the idea of obviously it's lovely to organize these things you know the fact that you you do the research and what have you but also what's so important is for the caregiver to be upbeat around them I mean not happy clappy necessarily but just to have that kind of more positive upbeat feel so that they can help themselves to be slightly more uplifted as well not everybody's going to find that easy because they might not have had personal development and they might not have read the books um, to be able to do that for themselves. So if a caregiver can be the one to perhaps take on some personal development, to be able to sort of spread that feeling to other people, it sounds like that's actually quite a very, very important thing for any caregiver to know would you agree yeah for sure I think I know my experience would be completely different and even the loss of my mum would be completely different if I hadn't yes I had been doing personal development and reading books and podcasts and I know it's quite you know it's it's growing now isn't it more and more people are knowing about it but I feel like and I was part of a community that was personal development. So still being, still investing in me during that time was so important, like you say, Ruth. And, you know, some people can back away and that's fine. Like, you know, you have to sort of get your head around what's going on. But for me, like being a part of that community and that community can be anything for you. Like I had my personal development business community, but I also went to ballet class because that, you know, that's what I used to be. And I had a ballet class in, in Cornwall. So that was my ballet class community. And it was about having that time for you. Like my mum, you know, was happy for me to go out and do that because she still could do things for herself. So it wasn't like, you know, she was bed bound or anything like that for most of the time. She was still sort of active. It was just, you know, different things. And then I went to yoga as well. Like I really wanted to get into yoga and just having that hour and a half of just me, my body, my mindset. So I think if you as a carer can find something that you love to do, you enjoy to do and have that time, even if it's half an hour to go and sit and listen to a podcast or go to a knitting club or go and do Zumba, like I know for sure that is what has helped me to get through that year. And then the years, you know, the couple of years after, you know, not having mum around, I, that is one thing that I encourage everyone to do is just to find something that can lift you up even if it was twice a week to go and do because they say about putting the oxygen mask on isn't it you've got to put your oxygen mask on before you put the children or or someone else so you you've got to look after yourself and also nutrition wise I think that's really important as well to look after your nutrition because you need that energy you need to be well to look after that person and you know, mine was only for a year. Other people are years and years and years of caring. So I think you've, you've got to find your way, haven't you? I think that's really important. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's, that is the important thing. It's about filling your own cup up as well. Yeah. It's about make, helping yourself be in good health, not only physically, but mentally as well, to be able yeah. to look after the person you are caregiving to so important and you don't 
that you know you can't go to a class for this <laughs> you can't take a course for this yeah so it's something that usually hits for most people it hits um unexpectedly or it, hit, it starts to hit, but you can see it coming, but you're denying it and you don't really want to accept it, which I think is probably more my case as well. But and you learn on the job. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also it was like, obviously, you know, I had my moments, but, you know, be, like you say, you said before in the question about like uplifting that person as well, like uplifting myself as a carer, but also uplifting my mum. And I know I spoke to you before about like, when it got to a point where my mum used to panic about having baths, you know, getting in and out of the bath, you know, I'd be their supporter and, you know, she'd be like, oh, I hate having a bath. I don't want to do this, da, 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 you know, all these negativity. And because of I knew about positivity and words, it's like, right, let's change this. Let's change the word. And it's going to be a challenge because we know we can get over a challenge. So I think, you know, on on that side of things if you can change that around and you know over time my mum was like right are we gonna have a challenge today it was like be a Saturday and a Wednesday or whatever like and it was always mainly on a like I always remember Saturdays because that's when we do half a day on a Saturday it'd be like in the shop we'd be like right should we have a challenge today and we make that like fun even because my mum was scared of it like that was her anxiety so you know to turn something around like that I think that just did moves on from looking after you keeping yourself positive and your mindset how you can then help that person's mindset as well absolutely and I tell you something because I'm still relatively new to this you know just hearing you I'm getting such good ideas and it's teaching me so much so I I really hope that somebody listening to this you know we're, we're helping at least one person who might be listening to this and, and wondering how they can deal with it yeah, not feel alone either. I mean, I think that's key. So Catherine, thank you so much for your time. It's been really, really uplifting. It's been fantastic. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time. <laughs>